Okay, Chair DeQuincy. Yeah. We are recording. Yeah. So today is February 7th, Wednesday, uh, 2024. This is the Recreation and Parks Commission, and it is 7 o'clock. All right, let's go ahead and start with roll call. Okay. Chair DeQuincy. Present. Vice Chair Lamb. Present. Commissioner Klein. Present. Commissioner Mayes. Not present. Commissioner Moore. Present. Commissioner Mew. Here. Commissioner Wagner. Here. Commissioner Davis. Present. And Commissioner Bustos. Present. Okay, Great. full roll. Great. So let's go ahead and move into number two, which is the approval of the agenda for February 7th. Okay, do we have a motion? A motion to, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. A motion to approve the agenda. Do we have a second? All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? None? Okay, let's move forward with that approval of the agenda. Uh, going now into the approval of the minutes of January 3rd, 2024. Motion to approve the minutes. So we have a motion from Commissioner Wagner. Do we have a second? Second. Isn't that from the, for December 6th? Uh, I have January 3rd on here. I'm looking at yeah, the agenda. Yep. Oh, here. Never mind. Yep. I just see something. I second it. Yeah. There's something over here. Okay. So we have a second from Commissioner Klein. All so, in favor? Oh, yeah. Go just ahead. A, looks like a correction in that 5A talks about construction of uh, test scores by PAUSD. It should be SLUSD, I think. Okay. okay. Can we note that? Ellie? I'm sorry, what was that again? Sorry, Commissioner May? Yeah, so it says PAUSD. I think it should be SLUSD. SLUSD. Okay. Good eye. Is there any other corrections or anything else need to be amended on the notes, or the minutes, I should say? All right. With that in hand, uh, do we need to go for another second at that point with the amendment now? Uh, move to approve the amendment. Minutes as amended. Great. I'll we second have, it. We have a second. Yeah. All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? None. Let's go ahead and move forward. All right. We are moving into number four, which is the commissioner introductions. Uh, so we have two commission, new new commissioners, and of course we have new staff. So if you don't mind to go around the table. Absolutely, and then Ellie, on that regards, do an introduction. Do you need us to do, provide a backstory or why we're here or so forth? You're welcome to give your name, how long you've been on the commission, of course your goals for the commission, and probably something interesting to share. If you'd like. <laughs> All right, excellent. Um, we'll go ahead and start. I'll start, and then we'll have um, Vice Commissioner uh, Lamb start as well. Um, Chair uh, Pete Quincy, um, I've been elected and appointed onto the board. I think this is my first, we're coming up to the first year, so mm -hmm. not long. Um, I have a long history uh, in working in Parks and Recreation. Uh, currently work for East Bay Regional Park District. Uh, my specialty is in uh, aquatics. Um, again, why I wanted to be uh, on the board, I was appointed by the mayor. Um, my real goal is to really, how do we provide more access our community members into the parks and parks that we have here and the programming that we have and are we focused on you know having an ex an accessible uh, accessibility accessibility DEI lens in regards are we truly serving our community members and that's what I look forward to and how do we make sure that parks and recreation can be prevalent through our entire board so not just here 
but also uh, within the other departments that we have. So that's what I got. Uh, Vice Chair Justin Lamb, lived here uh, my whole life, so I'm basically just giving back to my city. I was appointed by two councilmen that I'm very close to, so uh, just here for the fun ride. <laughs> Um, I'm Commissioner Moore. Ja um, my name is Jasmine. Um, I lived out here for about 15 years. I've been appointed to the commission by um, the mayor, um, Brian Azevedo. Um, I just want to impact people because, in the city, because I, that's my passion. I love to help people. Um, I am a certified wealth educator. And, um, yeah, that's just my passion, and I just love to put a smile on people's faces. I'm Karen Klein. Um, I've been on the commission for uh, my third year. Um, and my passion, well, I'm in the medical field, so um, I really advocate for um, activity and, and getting outside. And so that's, I'm trying to promote uh, do as I say. Um, and a fun fact, I learned how to play pickleball from Commissioner Mui. Oh. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Hello, I'm, I'm Tom Wagner. I've been on the commission for 14 years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and my I've lived here in San Leandro for 46 years. In Washington Manor, yeah. and so uh, that's home. And uh, I am a retired respiratory therapist uh, after 50 years of working in uh, the hospital systems. So uh, two medical people over here. So get your flu shot. <laughs> I got mine. Okay. Uh, Sid Davis. I was uh, appointed by Councilman Ballou. And uh, I'm a 26-year resident of San Leandro. I am a retired sprinkler fitter. Um, with that being said, I have a lot of free time, and I'd like to give back to the community where my kids were raised and uh, make sure we have the best parks in the Bay Area. Welcome. Thank you. Go Niners. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, my name is Jessica Bustos. I have I was born and raised in San Leandro. I grew up attending San Leandro Rec programs. I previously worked for the city of San Leandro and now I work with the city of Oakland and Recreation. Um, I was recently appointed by Council Member Bowen and I am excited to join this commission to help improve San Leandro's uh, quality of life through parks. Welcome. Thank you. Is that this way or that? Do commission first. Let's do commission first. Go ahead. All right. Good evening, everybody. Uh, James Myers, uh, commissioner, joined up here in November, so relatively new, right? The label's still kind of on. <laughs> um, so I represent uh, San Landers School District. So that's that was kind of my appointing authority, if you will, right? It's, it's through the city council anyway, but uh, representing that's that's my constituency is the schools. Um, and what's really cool. So my goal here is, I mean, you look around, we're investing a lot of money. Right, there's a, another bond election happening, and the last one has really yielded a lot of facility construction. So really, it's how can we leverage uh, school facilities, school parks, right, school buildings in the overall 
larger recreational program. So that's kind of why I'm here. Been here about a dozen years in, in San Leandro. Grew up in the high deserts of New Mexico. So this was my typical weather, so it reminds me of why I don't like wind. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Uh, Joe Mui, I've um, been on the board for about a year, District 1, for District 1. Uh, I believe in uh, recreation and staying active and particularly pickleball, like <laughs> said. Um, that's it. Uh, my name is Jennifer Aletta. Um, I um, am the manager of parks and urban forestry, and um, the, or, uh, the organization has gone undergone some change. I've, I've been working in public works, um, started in recycling, back in 2002, but I've been in public works since 2004, and then public works split off, um, so park and urban forestry is now under rec and parks, um, and that's a very recent change, so I have a hard time trying to say what my title is because it, I, I'm, in, I'm in a state of flux. Um, but I've been um, working with co the commission for probably about 10 years, I'm thinking at this point. Um, and uh, mostly what I do each uh, each commission meeting is report back to you on maintenance and um, small projects in the parks and pickleball <laughs> <laughs> hello everyone I am Jacqueline Felix but I go by Jackie I am a Bay Area native born and raised in Oakland I currently live in Hayward I am the newest member of the Recreation and Parks as the Admin 3. Um, I am also too on a commission on the Recreation Park Historical Commission for the Alameda County that resides in Hayward. And I've been on that commission for about four months now. Um, I, my fun fact is tennis. I haven't gotten into pickleball, but I am a tennis girl. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Um, good evening. I'm Ellie Wong. I'm the Recreation Services Manager for the new Rec and Park Department. Um, I've been with the city for about 21 years, and most of that career has just been in recreation. I was part, as Jennifer says, for in transition, as she was public works. I was Recreation and Human Services until we became a new department in last October. So glad to see a full commission, finally, after so many years. And I oversee all of the recreation programs that the department um, handles, along with all of the facilities and parks that we have. So nice to have everybody. Okay. All right. And going on from Commissioner Introductions, it's Capital and Projects Prioritization. Jennifer. Um, so we've had a few discussions on um, parks, park improvements, things that um, you folks are interested in in terms of park development. Um, and, um, you know, I've been a broken record at, at the last year's worth of meetings saying, wait for the park master plan, wait for the park master plan, wait for the park master plan. <laughs> but um, I think what would be helpful um, is to, um, for us to, in advance of the park master plan, start talking about um, uh, what 
as a recommending body what you want to see in the parks and how we decide like if, if you're making recommendations on how the um, city and how the council decides on funding then how what what sort of um, criteria that we use to make those kinds of determinations um, I will tell you this um, having worked in park maintenance for like I said um, over 10 years uh, the needs are just astronomical um, and you know you may be going to the parks and you're like oh we want to spruce it up or we want a new playground or we want more pickleball or we want some more basketball courts um, from a maintenance perspective um, we uh, have some really serious issues with what's going on underground the irrigation um, maintaining the turf and those sorts of things the things that just aren't really um, very attractive <laughs> from a let's do fun stuff in the parks kind of perspective um, and then of course we're um, we're stretched thin um, on just re regular maintenance and repair dollars um, and so um, some things you might see a crack in the in the concrete um, you can't just throw um, some some uh, glue in there and you're all good or cecoflex or whatever um, sometimes those things need a full repair or replacement and those dollars just aren't there from a repair standpoint um, those are those become projects and when they become projects they become they have to go on the CIP and they have to get prioritized mm -hmm. and while we're all no parks are number one let's put all the money in parks um, the city as a whole has a lot of uh, needs well beyond our parks and one of the major priorities for the city is roads right so um, and we have facilities you know if you've been to our facilities like the marina community center that's one of those facilities that need, um, needs a rehab right. um, and so the needs go way beyond just sort of the parks but uh, I wanted to start the conversation with um, the prioritization, how we prioritize. I wanted to get your feedback on these priorities. Um, and then from here, uh, we can sort of uh, move, move into maybe uh, thinking about um, what are the needs from this prioritization perspective uh, and, and go from there. So this is just an introduction. Uh, and the plan would be in future uh, meetings to talk a little bit more about um, what the needs are. Hopefully, the park master plan <laughs> will drive that. Um, and but then you know we can be sort of be prepared for that, um, and then you know really sort of talk about where we're going to put our dollars. Um, I have this grand plan to get on the internet and show you. Um, some few things that are on the city's website. I'm gonna I'm gonna poll you guys just real quick. How many of you have looked at the city's budget document? <laughs> so the city's budget document has some really useful information. And what I'm gonna do after this meeting is I'm gonna send you some links to the city's budget document with some specific pages that you want to look at. You know, it's hundreds of pages. You don't want to look through the whole thing. It'd be a little bit of a drag. Um, but some specific pages, um, the pages that show uh, 
um, revenues on park and loo fees, the pages that show the budgets for the recreation department and the public works department because the split occurred after the budget was adopted. Um, and then information about the golf um, uh, fund. Uh, the go our golf course operates out, out of its own fund and so there's information in there. Um, and then information about the council goals and priorities. So you know where the council stands on where they want to direct funding. Um, and there's um, also a section on CIP. So you can look at the adopted CIP budget and what's in there. Um, and right now, in terms of parks, um, the big thing, big ticket line item in the CIP budget for the next two years is the development of the Shoreline Park, which some of you um, have seen a presentation on. Um, and that uh, that's still in design. Um, and I think they're still looking for additional funding for it. So I'll send you that, and then I'll send you information specific to the CIP itself. Um, and so these uh, proposed criteria are really based on the proposed criteria in the city's CIP. I've named them a little differently, um, and I've added some additional information on here to sort of put it into context about what it means. It might be a little bit vague if you're looking at those CIP documents. And so the city has these nine criteria, um, and they've weighted them in the CIP document. I haven't done that here because I want to talk about what the criteria are. We can, we can have a discussion at a later time about whether or not these need to be weighted in how we, uh, how we look at um, potential projects that we want to do in the parks. Um, and these aren't in any sort of priority order. Um, so, uh, you know, for me, life, life safety is number one. Um, but um, uh, when you're looking at criteria, there may be other factors. Um, that you need to look at. Uh, one of them, which is down at the bottom, is one-time funding. Um, so while we ha may have life safety priorities, um, there may be another thing next on the list, and we have funding for that, so um, that's why it's on the list and why not uh, some other things. Um, but fiscal impact is another criteria, and that's um, uh, how much we can <coughs> save by implementing the project. And, you know, so from a maintenance perspective, we're all uh, we want to rehab our facilities so that they're um, less cost to maintain. Um, there's an economic development impact, whether it's construction of a new park or it's um, adding an amenity that um, you know creates jobs, you know, services and jobs and dollars in the community. As I mentioned, life safety, which is you know anything that's a hazard in the parks. Um, doing repairs there. Um, um, facility integrity and asset condition. Um, so it, it, with road, roads is a perfect example. Maintaining a road in decent condition is a lot cheaper than main, maintaining a road that's completely failed. And so you want to maintain your roads while they're still in decent condition because it's cheaper overall. And the same goes for our facilities and our parks. Um, there could be cost savings in, in rehabilitating a park before it's at its failure state. And long term, the city's really looking at how do we plan dollars into our asset management and our rehabilitation so that we're not waiting for every single thing to fail. 
uh, quality of life is something I think all of you would would say is a priority, and that's what parks are for. They're for quality of life um, issues, and and so um, looking at how we add amenities that will enhance uh, the quality of life in our neighborhoods and in our parks. Um, equity is also a big issue. We're we're about at some point we're going to be building an all abilities park, and that plan is has equity in mind completely. Um, our, on our tree master plan side, um, our plan is to plant trees in in community in um, uh, communities where there's less tree canopy and there's environmental impacts associated with that, and they tend to be lower income neighborhoods. Uh, so that's an equity issue, and that's also the next one, which is an environmental benefit. And we can see a lot of environmental ben environmental benefits from our our park infrastructure and our investment in it um, and then the one that often um, doesn't <laughs> uh, isn't that attractive but it's necessary is mandates and so we need to make sure that we're in, in compliance with our state laws and our federal laws in our park developments and sometimes we have to do um, rehabilitations um, because of that at Public Works, we have single-walled um, uh, fuel tanks for our fuel system, and uh, regulations state that they need to be double-walled by 2025, and so we are forced into a situation where we have to replace those tanks, and we had to allocate CIP dollars to that, and that's one of those um, examples of when that becomes an issue, and that has to be a criteria. Mm -hmm. So, um, so do you have any comments or questions about these criteria? Um, do you have any thoughts about what you think should be priorities or whether they should be weighted or anything like that? I just want to kind of open it up for, for your thoughts on all of this. I have one. Uh, for the economic development impact, mm -hmm. how, how will you measure that? Um, most commonly it's measured in job creation, but there could be some other economic indicators um, provided by our community development folks that could be um, a consideration in there. So, yeah. It is a little bit more nebulous than, oh, the, the swing sets in disrepair and that's a safety issue, right? Yeah. But, yeah. So uh, Jennifer or Joe it could also be an example if there's an existing program that's fee-based. There could be a, a matrix specifically that if it costs $100, their expectation depending on what the community needs and the benefit is of how much the return must be on that program to cover the expenses. And so some of those are, that's a just an aspect for programming mm -hmm. that's looked into and that depends on fee-based, how much, location, community needs, it could be an equity-based, um, so a number of things. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, that's it's a great question because again, no one's putting a price on a swing set because we know it's um, it's like a resource, um, you know, the, the community gets a lot of benefit from that, so. Yeah, the, the reason why I brought that up is because, you know, if we improve the parks, 
you attract more people. The businesses, local businesses, most likely would benefit because of more traffic, more sales, and so on and so forth. That's why, I, you know, mm -hmm. from that perspective, how would you measure it? That's what I'm asking. Not the specific program, how right. much income you make, you know, so on and so forth. I mean, that is examined. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit harder to say, you know, if sales tax, um, sales taxes went up after we built a park, so everything is a little hard to. It's it's not so clear cut. Did the sales taxes go up because we built that new park or for some other reason? But there are some indicators that our community development folks look at in terms of um, how uh, how um, projects might create jobs and might um, create more of a. I, th I think in terms of construction dollars, you you can see the the job creation there and and you know you have. We have a project right here, um, just down the street here, and so we have uh, construction workers here, and they're buying lunch in town and that sort of thing, and so you can see that sort of economic benefit from the construction piece. I think the long-term benefit in terms of sales tax revenues associated um, are, are there's some indicators, but I think it's just a little bit more difficult to quantify. Yes. But it's definitely a consideration. So if we were looking at this in a situation there is no money, let's just say there's no money, but yet we need to look at ways of how we're going to enhance, expand access to recreation, parks and recreation. Those are the kinds of things we'd like to hear right now, correct? In um, a sense. Through, through the park master plan process, there's going to be needs assessment, obviously, right. correct? Um, that, that planning process will take into account, I mean, a big component of it is it getting feedback from the community. There's also an aspect of getting feedback from maintenance staff on, you know, what they're seeing in the parks and what they think the needs are. Mm -hmm. um, but there, it, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be the things that you folks think we need, right? They come up all the time, but then there's also going to be just basic maintenance stuff that maybe doesn't come on your radar. Mm -hmm. And so it may not just be, hey, let us let me get your ideas on what you think we should do. Right. Um, it's, it's also going to be, hey, here, here are the needs. You know, like one of the needs right now is a new well at Manor Park, and that right. project's going to be breaking ground. Um, so none of you would know that the existing well's um, failing, right? Right. Um, I think so I do because you told me. <laughs> those would be nice things to know, like those kind mm -hmm. of things. Like, I, I go to that park all the time, and look, I don't know if yeah. busted or not. Yeah, yeah, and that's I mean, and so that's the, something that I can I can do for you is I can put together a list from you know the the park maintenance folks on where they see the needs are, um, but our um, big need is often having wells. You know, parks like Marina Park and Stenzel Park use an incredible amount of water, and it, it's a huge cost. And so say we install wells, it might be a big one-time cost, but um, tens of thousands of dollars of an annual savings, or even maybe even $100,000 annual savings in water, uh, potentially could that be like, hey, we just saved a bunch of water at our parks. Can, 
can we use that money for something else? So, um, so yeah. So I can put together. That's part. That's that's in the plans as well. We have we have an existing list. The existing list has about eight million dollars in unfunded park improvement, mm -hmm. and a lot of it's irrigation and wells. Um, um, but it's outdated, so I think we need, with a new director and this park master plan, we need to go through that exercise again, and then we can share that with you. Is that something like the public can see, those lists, or no? I mean, can we see? And, uh, like, yeah, yeah, how, absolutely. How do you find those things? Yeah. Um, well, it's not really something, it's, it's an internal planning tool. It's not really something that's been included in any sort of budget okay. document. Um, and the the there within the CIP there may be this there's this huge list of unfunded right, right. <laughs> it can be a little bit daunting to look at this giant list of unfunded needs um, and so I I think um, focusing on um, you know, prioritizing is good, and then seeing what trickles to the top, and then focusing on those things, and then and then sharing that. We can obviously share that information in this environment, um, and then it becomes a planning tool, and a a tool that we can use to then recommend um, priorities for uh, for the council. So, so Jennifer, does the does the council aware of how much the parks are used, or is it just a guess? I mean, the question I have is, mm -hmm. you know, where we are now, like at my agency, we're utilizing technology to determine numbers. And so mm -hmm. we're now using Pacer AI, um, which is a program that tracks use. And so you can do a polygon around a specific park, and, which I'm using right now, and it will show you how many visitations, how long the visitation is, it will show where the people are visiting from specifically. It will show where they're coming from. So it tracks all of those types of things. Um, and you can compare it. We, we already compare our parks to your parks. So, <laughs> so again, it, we do. We, it costs us $50,000 to do it, but it gives us data all the way back to 2017. Oh, wow. And so you can look at what pre-pandemic numbers are to post-pandemic. Mm -hmm. You can even talk with a representative and start to look at it. It will show you the traffic patterns that people are going to your parks and where they're coming from, especially if they're specific in the city, in the unincorporated, or outside. It's basically cell phone data, is that what it is? It's cell phone data, and it's that's what it's doing. So it's I, the, the, te the terrible thing is when my staff brought that forward and we looked at it, we're already years behind, mm -hmm. meaning that there's other agencies that are using it for a long time. Uh, specifically, they're using it to track advertisement. They can track, if you go to the park, where you go next mm -hmm. and where you're specifically spending your money. Okay, the message is wrap your cell phone in tin foil. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, a lot, of, and it uses an algorithm to determine how many people. So... <laughs> If we I know did it's have been discussed. I don't know if it's um, something that we're currently doing. I think it's reasonable just to even have a representative bring it forward and you take a look at it. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is, I would suggest, and I'm not saying you should do this, if you have another agency that you know already has it, you could always reach out to them to get a more in-depth mm -hmm. preview of what you'd like to see. 
and that way you could see if that's because when it comes down to a council I think data is always the most important thing and so if we say this park has 50,000 visitors you can actually say no it actually has 150,000 because here's the numbers here's here's what the visitations in the months here's the time of day it's used here's where they're coming from in theory you could track the amount of people that show up at the cherry festival and where they're coming and actually have a number you just put a polygon around of where you want it to be sorry to say that <laughs> um, no, I believe our um, I think I've heard our another department within the city is looking into partnering or a vendor who offers that kind of technology and so um, Irwin I think has been part of those discussions just observing because yes like the cherry festival we would like accurate numbers right um, on how many people for not only cherry festival but other special events throughout the city but usage also broadening it towards right. our parks usage so we are looking into it, but that's a great tip that you shared Chair yeah I mean what we realize is that very specific parks that we thought were very specific mm -hmm. They're serving a whole uh, underserved community that we did not recognize, meaning they're traveling from specific uh, regions within Oakland with the regional parks, and they're getting the service at those parks that we were never aware of, but the data shows that. So for us, that gives us a little bit more illumination of that the programming that we could provide at that park, mm -hmm. that it's going to serve that community better. So, I mean, it might be one of those things that if you knew someone at another agency that already had it, mm -hmm. hint. So, <laughs> the other thing that uh, that comes up to me is like, let's say, I'm a, an advocate for more parks and more things. That's going to be a lot of time, money, and energy to find a park, piece of land and build a park. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the options might be pocket parks, but the other option that we have, and James, you're going to hate me on this, is we have lots of joint use agreements, and that is dead space at times. If we could actually get access and have a cleaner MOU agreement with the school district, it could really serve specific communities because when you look at parks, parks are not evenly distributed across the city. Um, but we have better distribution of schools that have fields and unused space. And um, again, we're not trying to steal anything. I think we're trying to just serve better the community members. They have an easier chance to walk to that school playground or a field than they do getting out to marina. Mm -hmm. So that that's just my two cents and sorry to throw it that way. So No, I mean <laughs> there's there's no there's no sorry there. That's the intent, right. right? Is to improve that relationship and fix all the old agreements. There may be things that are sitting for thirty years. Right. That need to be refreshed, redone, re re whatever. So right. no, that's great. Because you're, you're looking at 13 more parks in town, plus the facilities, plus the gymnasiums. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's where I think some of us, I know that Commissioner Moy and I have talked about what do we need to do to have access to pickleball at night in some indoor facilities. Instead of us building one, can we look at some of the old MOUs and carve out a small time in the evenings when it's inclement weather that the community members have access? So, yeah. No, James, that's... Total ton of opportunity out there. Yeah. Should, do you see that as being a potential criteria? I think, I think if money is limited, it's an easier way to start to do those types of fixes before um, to provide expansion and opportunities for the community. 
I mean, just joint use agreements expands potential has the potential to expand access to a lot more community members, um, families, seniors, everyone in a way that we don't have to build something. We just have to iron out the agreement, say what we're what we're going to do, what they're going to do, and then develop the content to serve. And that's easier than building a park because parks are art. Uh, the challenge is everyone loves our parks. When you go to the park, there's not enough parking, they're crowded, but everyone is having a great time there. Uh, and it's almost too much of a good thing with this city. So The parks are always full too, I, I, I noticed, especially on weekends. Oh, they really utilize it on weekends. So I think people feel safer out here and to utilize the parks. Absolutely. Because they keep it up. They, you know, they make sure they do their maintenance and make it look nice. And so um, I really think that. Yeah, I would side with Commissioner Moore. There is definitely a sense of safety. And there's also a, a sense of investment, and they love the parks. I mean, the people that are visiting our parks love the parks. They take care of them. And I'll be the first person to complain to you. You know that already uh, in regards to maintenance. But I've also seen other parks in other cities that the community does not have the, the vested interest in keeping nice. And it's very different here. So... Someone else would speak, please. <laughs> <laughs> Can the group party help for uh, for pushing for Measure J? I just got the flyer on it. <laughs> yeah, it's coming up. Right? Yes, it's coming up. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll let you digest and I'll send out some additional information about the CIP program for the city and about um, the city's budget. And you can geek out to it um, at your leisure. Um, and then, um, as we we have we have a um, sort of a plan for each of the um, meetings going forward, I think. Um, and so we'll look to putting additional conversations about CIP and about um, how we identify and prioritize funding. And I will have that um, list of sort of our maintenance needs. Um, to provide to you um, at that future meeting. So maybe, you know, summer, fall kind of timeline, we can get back on the agenda. Yeah. Jennifer, is there, I'm reading in regards to the master plan uh, status update from January 12th. Mm-hmm. And it mentions a San Leandro Trees master plan and a bicycle and pedestrian master plan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Are, do those fall under the bundle of recreation and parks as well, or are they just going to be like working next to each other kind of thing so the tree master plan started in the office of sustainability um, but it's sort of once the plan is fully fleshed out it will be landing um, on my desk yes Uh, um, and it'll be for the um, recreation and parks department to implement Um, and a big focus on that on that plan is getting community involvement in tree care like identifying ways to leverage community groups, community member members, in um, in um, helping grow our urban forest and, and care for it. 
Okay, and then the bike pedestrian? Is the that? bike pedestrian is a, um, uh, is a master plan uh, managed by the Public Works Department. Will that fall under, or is that... It no? will not. Yeah, okay. it, it will be um, managed by, by Public Works, and so maybe once that plan is um, developed, um, we can have Public Works come and provide a presentation on that. And is that specifically because bike paths that go through our parks, uh, will, will that have some, I'm just curious, because I think of like the Merino and the great pathways that go through there, does that fall under their um, responsibility to take care of those, even though they go through the park, or um, do they give us, the park, money to take care of those sections? I'm no, that... The, the re rehabilitation of park pathways does need to um, um, uh, be facilitated. If, if, it's, if we're doing that work in-house, it's facilitated by the Public Works Department, by the paving crew. And they're the ones that did the um, uh, paving um, work at Washington Manor Park most recently. That was just some asphalt um, paving. Um, but if it's a CIP project, it would be managed by Public Works. If it's an in-house project, it would be managed by Public Works. Okay. And I think the, the park master plan um, is really looking at how to get people across town. Like, okay. what are the ways to build safe bike paths to get people across town um, in San Leandro? And then the other piece to it is connecting people to parks. And so the park master plan hopefully will have that com component. It's like how do we how do we safely get people to to our parks um, besides just the car, mm -hmm. uh, the other ways like on, on bike and, and pedestrian. So um, there there will, there will be a, a meshing of those two plans. I think um, the park master plan and the bike head plan, but it it will be implemented by the public works department. Okay, and then if. In regards to transportation, do we have a pretty good connection with AC Transit, or? Um, there's there's relationships there. Okay. Yeah. I know that, I'm going to just say Oakland Parks and Recs, I've met, a, worked with a couple of the recreation centers, uh, points of contact, and they have some phenomenal stories about how AC Transit is used to get their kids to parks and very specific sites. Mm -hmm. and. The funding for those uh, has to do mainly with the bus passes and educating the kids and the families about the necessity, the safety, the and how to use it. And I'm wondering, instead of us thinking about always trying to get them there by a physical private bus like first student or a bike, can we provide in that little smaller step like, hey, we've got some ways to get you to our parks via bus passes right now and to families and to within programs and stuff. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying not to spend our money because bus passes <laughs> is a little bit cheaper and nonprofits and foundations will sponsor public transportation that way a little bit more. So That's, that's great feedback for the Park Master Plan process. I, I think um, as we talk about how people get to the parks and how they access our parks, well, I think that feedback is, is really important. I know that they, um, San Leandro provides the bus passes for all the kids um, to get to school. Um, so is that is a good idea. It's a great, a great. I got a follow-up question on the tree master plan. Mm -hmm. Is there a component there to look at 
you know, more drug tolerant trees and so on and so on and so forth since 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 the, the, the water budget is so high. Right. Yeah. Yes, there is a a, a desire to have more um, um, uh, oh my god I'm forgetting my words. Um, native <laughs> native trees. So um, and then the tree the folks doing the tree master plan um, they sort of did this exercise where they look at what's our climate going to potentially be like in 10, 20 years, and so what what sort of trees might be more suited to our future climate. Um, so I think the, the whole plan is to come up with a, a list of trees um, for our landscapes that'll fit those kinds of criteria, but definitely, you know, obviously it's, it's not just native and drought tolerant, but um, we want our trees to withstand um, wind, <laughs> wind events, <laughs> plan for that as well. Um, so yeah, all of those factors are being considered. Okay, thank it's you. not an easy task, so at least thank you for putting your feet into it and moving it forward. Yes. So. Thank you. Next item. Oh, next item. All right. Thanks, Ellie. <laughs> All right. We're moving into reports. Uh, Commissioner Park uh, reports six A. Commissioner Park visits. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first. Just to be honest, I have nothing to report at this time, other than I've been out to Marina many times at this point, and again, great use. Uh, I saw that some of the exercise equipment was out of commission at that time. My guess is they're working on that. And again, I'm always impressed by the park is extremely busy. It looks busy. Yet on the weekend, we still have park maintenance there going through, picking up the trash in a, in a timely manner so that it does not build and get thrown to the wayside. So my hat's off to that and your team. Again, they work very hard. So. That's my report. You got a report now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to five parks in the last uh, month or so, and uh, first the first two that have no complaints at all are Stencil and Bonaire, like usual. Um, I frequently visit Manor all, uh, all the time, not all the time, but I mean I live right down the street from it, so I'm, I'm there quite often. Uh, some problems I've seen in the last month. One time I went, it was maybe about a month ago. Uh, there was no dog bags, and then I went back a week later, there was bags, so I was okay. Uh, I think you used to say people don't walk their dog with the leash. Jeez, I sure saw a lot of that when I was uh, getting my walk in. I was just like, wow, there's dogs running everywhere, okay. running up to other dogs. You don't know what could happen, so, you know, that was another thing. And the grass, it looks like somebody went in on a dirt bike and just started doing some donuts. Oh. I don't know what that is, but it, it Somebody went in on a dirt bike and did some donuts. It was kind of cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, that's what I got from Manor. I went to Cherry Grove, and I remember, well, I, wasn't here, I wasn't here a month ago, but I remember in December I had a lot of complaints about that place, and, uh, like, there was a tent, and there was, like, garbage everywhere. Well, that was all fixed when I when I went. I even went a couple weeks ago. still looking good. And uh, same with uh, Toyon. I, when I went in December, the bathroom was crazy, and there was no dog bags. That's also been fixed, so... That's uh, my report. Um, I have Manor, I mean, not Manor, Memorial and um, Rue Park. Um, everything looks good. 
um, I go by there from time to time, um, just to observe and, and everything, um, but everything was good, and so. Okay, and I go to Manor Park all the time. Um, there's a tree still down. It looks like they're working on, it's been cut up, but it's still on the ground. Um, I was there today and there was a, um, the, in the ladies' room, there was some kind of something going on with the toilet. Um, there was a um, one of those metal construction kind of sign things in the first stall. I don't know why, and there was like caution tape. The toilet was still there, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, and otherwise, it, yeah, the off-leash dogs is a problem on a regular Especially like lunchtime, or if you go a little before that, um, there's a couple of people that think that they don't need a leash. Um, and I tend to carry extra bags because I give them out to people <laughs> if I see them not using one. So that's my complaint there. And the smokers seem to be um, staying in their property now. <laughs> Which is probably not permitted in the legal, but that's another another issue. That's mm -hmm. all we got. Okay. Well, the weather's been terrible, and I haven't gotten out much, so I don't have much to report. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no reports for you guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I did a couple. I spent some time at uh, Cherry Grove Park. It was it was actually after our. Uh, last manor right I was on my way home but I should check it out um, looks great right people out there setting up for parties it looked really clean but I specifically went to check out the tennis courts right because we talked about that mm -hmm. last time and uh, and sure enough I showed up and so the crews were out there doing the final striping um, and maintenance on it so it looks like it's getting ready to be in use which is which is a good thing right that's that's more access to school facilities right because I think that's shared use at mm -hmm. that park um, and then kind of a, a little bit of a drive by there at Stenzel, just right by, right by the, the community center office. And so that, considering all the rain, that park is holding up reasonably well. Uh, and I know there's some back and forth with the condition of facilities at baseball fields, right? So that one's got uh, a snack shack that's looking a little worse for wear as well. And I'm sure that's a Pandora's box, but um, you know, that's, that's what I noticed there. So those two parks, looking fine. Uh, but then as far as like facilities that are under construction for schools, they're marching along. And I gotta say that uh, the gym at San Leandro High School is getting quite nice. Right? I mean, it's not gonna, it's not gonna open until I think next November, but that's a, a nice big facility. And again, that the opportunity to use things after hours is, is gonna be a big push. Uh, for me, I actually did my park visits yesterday, so these things are quite uh, current. Um, the, the, the city crews actually did some filming at, 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 at Chabot Park, and I ran into M Michaela mm -hmm. and said hi. Uh, park is always busy with Frisbee golfers, so they're there all the time, and the park looks great. Uh, Memorial. It was well used by, you know, families with young young children. Playing structure, excellent. A lot of uh, 
small branches, I guess, is, is from the storm, you know, so. Uh, then I went to Treasure Park. Thank you. The, the parking lot looks much better now because all the garbage has been taken away. But um, also I noticed, this is second time I've seen this. So I think somebody's setting up an auto repair right on the parking lot. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. At Thrasher? Yeah. Right wow. in the middle. I mean, second time I've seen them. And they're working on car with the jacked up, you know, doing, I mean, it's not like wow. in, in, in wow. emergency. It was somebody setting up an auto re re repair business <laughs> wow. job. And then I went to Cherry Grove. Um, that play structure, the, the spinning one's still crooked, so it needs to be re reset somehow. We, we had staff look at it. It's, uh, it's not unsafe. Okay. <laughs> it's just a little warped. Yeah, but, you know, since it's spinning, you can't yeah. really use it. Right. Like <laughs> so um, I yeah. can't. I know they took a look at it. Okay. Um, I think I'll check back with them and see Just what the plan pull is. pull it back up to whatever, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, tennis court's still out. Yep. And uh, also at, at Cherry Grove, the um, what, almost half of the parking lot is blocked off by cone and, and those safety things. Is there something going on over there? Not that I know of. Yeah, it, it's a, you know, is SL it the park. Part, uh, SL part on the school side? No. No, it's on the other side. Yeah, the parking lot. I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah, I, 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 I haven't I, been told that there's any um, project going on. And there, I didn't so. see anybody working there. It's just that full of red cones and so those little triangles thing, you know, those, 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 oh. those metal stands. Someone probably put them up. To, to Apparently, he reserved their parking place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they all. Uh, it's, 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 what, it's, what day of the week were it? That yesterday. 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 Hmm. Yeah, and, and the courts, tennis courts coming along. They got the the windscreen up. <laughs> but they're they're still working on it. That's it. So for the new commissioners, you will be assigned parks to visit and do a, a report on. Um, or if you do happen to pass by any of the parks within the city and notice anything, then you're welcome to report back to Jennifer and I. Okay. Yeah, the other things you can do is attend other meetings with other, like if you wanted to go to the Youth Advisory Commission and stuff like that, you can report on that. If you meet with your constituents and they want to talk to you, you can report on that as well. Um, some of the other things are there's events that will happen like the cherry festival we report that we attended or we did participate in this or there was a ribbon cutting for the pickle bar courts we report those types of things mm -hmm. so again whatever your activities are with other groups like you attend their meetings or meet you can report on those things as well is that accurate Ellie yes, all right mm -hmm. All right, uh, we are moving into 6B, uh, Park and Open Space Operation and Maintenance Report. That's you, Jennifer, again. Yes. Um, so the focus this week is really on cleaning up the debris in the parks. Um, we fared very well in this storm. You probably are watching the news and seeing all these big trees on top of buildings and on top of cars. Um, we had no known property damage associated um, with this last um, round of storms, um, but we did lose some limbs. 
um, both street trees and uh, park trees. One tree went split split at the base um, at Floresta Park. Not a big tree. Um, um, and then we had an earlier eucalyptus tree fall at um, Manor Park, but that wasn't associated with um, Wednesday or Sunday storm. It, it had fallen earlier. Um, and um, so with with the um, with the limb and, and twig and debris removal, that's kind of ongoing. They're doing it as they go. Um, could take a week, could take longer than a week um, to get all of that done. With some of the large trees, um, we get them on the ground and because the, so uh, the turf is saturated, it's not always so easy to just go in. If you, need, if you need a truck to haul debris away, you don't want to be driving trucks on the turf. And so uh, we usually wait until things dry out a bit. So um, you might see a, a log here and a log there, and, and it's just because um, we can't access the area until things dry out. Um, but that's kind of where um, staff is focused right now. The equipment at Mar Marina Park. Um, it has these unique springs on some of the pieces of equipment. You have to have a special tool to install those springs. Somebody out there had that special tool and went and stole them. And they're very expensive to replace. Yep. And so we're trying to identify, uh, um, trying to talk with the manufacturer and see if we can get them direct from the manufacturer. Um, but if not, we get them through the company we purchased the equipment from. Um, we, and we need funding for that. Right. So that's why they're not fixed yet. Yeah. Is it, uh, can, is there, do we have a risk department that can do an insurance claim then and pay for it as opposed to coming out of Parks and Rec or Public Works? Well, the city is self-insured um, and um, so every time, it's, it's kind of like your car insurance, every time you <laughs> right. submit a claim, <laughs> your car insurance goes up. And so um, it's possible that we can look into that the dollar value might not meet the threshold or um, it might not be desired to go that route. We'd have to talk with our risk folks. Um, but um, we can certainly look into that. But that's the challenge there. <laughs> so and how many? I don't know why they stole these springs. Um, yeah, what could you possibly you use them for? If you replace them, how do you prevent? We have no idea. Yeah. That's the other thing. Probably for if somebody has it because they weren't broken off or cut off or anything. They have the like tool. That. They were taken off with that with the tool used to install them. What? So it could be that we look for different pieces of equipment that don't have those springs. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be that we completely change the equipment that we have there because that is a concern. We we install them again and then they're stolen again. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. 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 Um, crazy, crazy. And I'll look into the auto repair. That's not the only report of an auto repair happening yeah. in, in, a, in or near a park. So, um, I'll, I'll see if the environmental okay. so folks can go around. It was a weekday morning, afternoon? Afternoon. And there's a white van that's always there, and the car is all jacked up on all fours, and oh, I hear wow. power tool going wow. off. You know, wow. it's like, it's not It's not just someone broke down wow. the parking lot. No. Wow. <laughs> Jennifer, is it reasonable to write a letter uh, uh, to beg 
the manufacturer to give us springs if it came from a, if it came from a park commissioner. I'd be more than happy to write a letter to say, hey, these were recently stowing. Is there any way that you can cut us a deal? Or if not, out of you know, or is that out of line? I don't know how, if it's out of line. I'm, I just don't think it's possible because they are. I don't. I don't know what this is going to cost, but it's, it's in the tens of thousands to replace these springs. Well, if I can get one, it's better than none. Yeah. I have no problem and writing our, a letter. Our park supervisor is very good at working with businesses and getting the best deal. Making the hustle. So, so if he he can't if he's not a. Um, if he can't do it, I don't know if it can be done, to be honest. Oh, we could try. <laughs> <laughs> but we did, we purchased that equipment from um, Greenfields. Okay. So. They're going to be at CPRS at Palm Springs. Yeah. I mean, it gives them an opportunity to provide great press of what they did <laughs> and the gracious uh, due to uh, something that was stolen. That's all I'm saying. I, I know how to hustle too. So that's all I'm saying. And I got no problem sending a letter to make that happen. Again, especially if it doesn't cost us. And if you're saying, Jennifer, if you say it, or Ellie, go ahead and write a letter. I'll draft a letter so you can see it before I send it. So. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> so are you saying I can draft a letter? Sure. Uh, great. There we go. <laughs> and if it saves us tens of thousands of dollars, you know, we have social media to show and promote Greenfields of what great thing they did. Okay. Just to follow up on Manor uh, from last month meeting, uh, were you going to put up a sign for the on top of the bulletin board? Um, yes. Okay. I, I was. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. I'm reminding you. And, and, and also, question, that number you gave me, that's the police non-emergency dispatch number? 577-2740. I just want to make sure. What was it? 577-2740. I think so. It's the police so. non-emergency number. Yeah, it's non-emergency number. Yeah, okay. So that that's still good, right? Yes. That number. Okay. And then Jennifer, a quick question in regards to the unhoused and the, the tents, camps, and the trash that's built up and goes in the parks. Are we having to pay for that? As in, when I'm saying we, this department, I mean, or is the department that's split away that are they providing any codes to provide some of that funding to cover yes. those costs? Um, so we do have funding set aside for cleanup work mm -hmm. that's not in the park maintenance budget right, um, right now um, it's being funded out of the ARPA American Rescue, Rescue Plan, Plan Act okay. fund, federal funding that came out after COVID um, and so there's a pot of money in there for cleanups um, we're having to do routine cleanups um, in the creek down from Root Park right um, and so um, we've had a contractors go in using those funds and do that. And there is a bigger push to have um, a more of a human um, services presence to provide the outreach. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had some unhoused at some of our parks, um, and we've directed them to provide outreach there. Um, if it's 
if it's one person and one person's stuff, oftentimes what happens is um, we'll post it and park staff will remove it and we'll store it at Public Works for whatever the period of time is. I don't know if it's 60 days. Um, but they'll handle it if it's small. If it's if it's a big deal, yeah, no, we don't we don't manage it ourselves. It goes through that that process and through those contractors. Uh, Jennifer, what's going on with San Leandro three one one? Doesn't seem to work. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of three one one is. Uh, when we got it back in 2017, um, it was a product that the company we purchased from had purchased it because they wanted to get into more of the GIS mapping type of services. And um, it was okay. It didn't really serve all the needs we wanted to back then, but it was functional. Um, but the company has since moved on to other products, and so that's sort of a legacy product that they really want to get all their customers off of. Um, starting as early as a year ago, it was no longer GIS. Um, we have um, Esri layers on there. They're no longer on there. Um, and then a host of other things um, started happening. Um, they were, the company, Brightly, was recently bought by Siemens. Um, and so a whole host of issues started happening with Mobile 311, particularly um, as it relates to email notifications. So people wanting to create new accounts can't create new accounts because it's reliant on an email notification. Um, and so it's just it's just like a old house that's fall, slowly falling apart. Yeah. Guess what? Um, Delete. <laughs> so we stopped we stopped making the mobile app available because of that it just wasn't working at all. Yeah. Um, and so now the only way to use it is on um, is via the the city's website, um, the website link. Um, and that's the only way it's somewhat functional but if you didn't already have an account you can't create a new account because of the email notification problem which we've reported months ago and it still hasn't been fixed um, and so we're limping along with the product um, you can still fo make phone calls and we still use the product to manage our work on a day-to-day -day basis um, but the plan within the coming months is switch over to C-Click Fix um, which has a which is a much better um, request tool for the public. Um, you can follow other people's requests. Um, uh, you can track your requests. Um, there's a two-way anonymous communication. A lot of people don't like to say who they are when they're reporting because they might be reporting about their neighbor's weeds or whatever. Um, but there's two two-way anonymous communication with C-ClickFix. So we're really looking forward to introducing or. Uh, putting that tool out there for the community to use. But you just have to hang on for about, I would say, four months. And then we'll have that tool. Like I say, delete. Yeah. <laughs> Is it similar to the City of Oakland C Click Fix? It's the same product. Okay. Yeah. It's super easy to use. Yeah. Okay. Jennifer, just one last question. I know you're like, uh, <laughs> um, what is, I know that Bayfair is going to be going through a process, I think, of renovation. Have we talked to the owners about possibly putting a park or a park space in that area? Well, there, small? there's a plan, and I'm not knowledgeable about the plan, but it's called the Bayfair TOD, Transit Oriented Development. It's a plan um, that was prepared by the Community Development Department 
and there's a whole development strategy for the Bayfair area. Um, and I know it includes housing, and then the, the folks in Bayfair are, are exploring using the former mall for different uses. Um, um, but I'm not sure about parklands. There may be parklands in the plan, or with the, the housing that goes in, there may be, usually when there's housing development, there's some sorts of parks associated with it. Typically they're development parks, not city parks. Um, and I don't know that there's any city parks in that plan, but... Um, there was some open space and, and kind of not a park park, Areas there mm -hmm. in the, in the housing development when they when they were showing what okay. they were going to do. That's been a while. The only reason is that that's an area that a community, a whole geographic, they just don't have a lot of parks there. Mm -hmm. So if if they're going to go through a renovation, it might be a great opportunity to say, hey, give us some acres to put a park in, mm -hmm. you know, or at least some green space. So I mean, that's all. Especially also with the other uh, mall that's on the other side that's kind of slowly in decay, which has got the, I believe, the Albertsons and the uh, Bank of America. You know, there's just a lot of, like, there's no there's no businesses in there. So. <laughs> Sounds like you need to be a billionaire developer. <laughs> no, I, I just be pushy, sorry. <laughs> No, but that whole area. I mean, there's the, what is that linear park? Yeah, a little tiny strip of and, grass and picnic and that park's run by Hayward area. Oh, really? That's, That's run by Hayward area. It's on the sign, the linear park on 150. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's under Hayward. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a Hayward, Hayward area. And it's just yeah. a little chunk of yeah. grass. And so around the 150th area, yeah. we tend to have to decipher if it's city property mm -hmm. or it belongs to unincorporated San Leandro and then if so because on one side of 150th it becomes unincorporated and so that belongs to the county mm -hmm. and it's not city okay. that right. run businesses or programs or land so we would have to take a look for Bayfair TOD where exactly is the division between right. the city's property to develop open space mm -hmm. Yeah. You mean the little park right there? With a yeah. play structure. Oh, okay. With a play structure. Yeah. 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 Okay. There, was, there was a former 7-Eleven yeah. behind yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's not a city. It's not a family under city park. Oh, Hayward. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. How is it technically Hayward? It's not. It's Hayward area. So Hayward so. area has a, a jurisdiction over unincorporated areas because they provide access to... Uh, after-school programs, linear parks. They're one of the larger uh, special districts that has all these really crazy small tiny parks like spread out not only through Hayward but through Castro Valley, unincorporated, so Ashland, Cherryland, places that specifically there, there's no jurisdiction. The challenge though is with all those small parks they have to have a crazy amount of maintenance that hits all of those parks because it's there's just so many of them. Yeah. I mean, and it's like linear parks like one, but it's also, I've seen much smaller parks that they still have to maintain, which is super challenging. Interesting. So, we could always have MOUs to get their parks. <laughs> Some of them. Exciting. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, we'll go to 6C, Recreation and Parks Master Plan. Ellie. Okay, so 
the last time I was here to talk about the Re Recreation Parks Master Plan was in December to introduce that it's finally in motion and full, full swing. I know I missed the January um, meeting as well and I did hear the feedback about communication and notification. So hopefully we did plan to rev up status project status updates. So as uh, Chair DeQuincy has shared, there was the January update and hopefully you have received our recent one, the February update. I will definitely send it to the new commissioners as well, um, as well as a packet just to reintroduce or to introduce uh, what is the Recreation Parks Master Plan okay. um, in respect to time, because I know it's at 8-11 and we still have enough to uh, cover. So we just wanted to give an update. We are in full swing. There's a lot of things happening behind the scenes, but happy to report that we had our first community workshop in January 27th, which was specifically focused to the Washington Manor residents uh, for Washington Manor Park. And the reason behind that is it is included as a, a special scope within the project as a whole. Um, we are not going to do special community workshops per park that we have in the city. It is because of all of the different amenities that that particular park houses. Um, compared to the other parks within the city. Uh, but this Saturday is our citywide, so all parks within the park system. Thank you, Commissioner DeFensi. Have a flyer here. I believe we emailed it to all of you to share with your friends, families, constituents, to no notify them of the Saturday's workshop. At the Saturday workshop, it is drop-in. It's from 10 to 1 at the Marina Community Center, so you don't have to stay the entire time. It's drop-in, open house, where we do have the city's hired consultants, WRT. They will be readily available with big poster boards, asking questions. It's generally an outreach. We really want to hear your feedback with regards to your thoughts about the park system, existing um, amenities that we have, existing use, current use, future use, plans, ideas that we have missed or, or we may not think of internally. Um, we have been hosting with WRT two weeks or three weeks worth of stake, stakeholder and focus group meetings where we reached <coughs> out to about 200, uh, no, not 200, 2,500 emails. <laughs> and we got those emails not only from our active net database of all of the uh, registrants who register in our programs, but we shared the database from other community workshops that was done in the cities, like for example, the Office of Sustainability when they did the Climate Action Plan. They also did community outreach groups, so they had a very large database of contacts and stakeholder groups and focus groups that would like to be informed. And so WRT held these stakeholder focus group meetings, um, divided them into topics where it could either be youth or seniors, accessibility, culture, environment, uh, sports. So all of those stakeholders or contacts were invited to these stakeholder meetings to have a more focused question, general questions asking about what are your thoughts about the current park system, what is there that we need to do, um, what are your dream goals, or if you had a million dollars, what would you do, where would you put that towards to. So this Saturday's workshop is of course inviting the community to come in and voice their opinion. Of course, if they're unavailable to attend, our web our webpage or website has a comment section, which we have been receiving um, a lot of inquiry, a lot of input, um, which we are putting together on a spreadsheet. WRT is taking that into account. So there is a lot of behind the scenes, as you see in, in the project update. Uh, this project update will be sent monthly. So WRT will be 
it may look the same as January, but you'll notice that there's some progress, there's some completion, what's up and coming, uh, where are we focusing. Uh, a new um, a statistical valid survey is going to be released, if not this week, next week. So those are two targeted households. We're going to do a mini survey. They're going to pop up. So we're revving up to be very vocal and out there in the community. And as Commissioner Mew um, saw them yesterday, uh, we have a group of Korean international students who are visiting. Of course, it's like an exchange program that our PIO communications team have brought from Korea to be here for six weeks, see what the, how the city operates. Um, and part of that was a good PIO of public outreach. So they're doing videos. Uh, yesterday was, I think it was a sunny day. It was very mm -hmm. nice. It wasn't rainy. So yeah, it was it perfect wasn't rainy, timing. No. Uh, they visited all of our parks. Mm -hmm. So they took a, a camera crew, internal. Um, they did a little script to talk about the, all of the parks. So we're going to use that as a promotional marketing tool, um, not only for Parks Master Plan, but also for future use and other marketing materials. So we're really excited about that. Um, so look at your updates. Let us know if you have any questions. Hopefully we'll see you on Saturday. If not, definitely uh, let me know if you have any questions. Happy to share all of this information with all of you. Um, to the new commissioners, definitely we can have a sit down and talk about it a little bit more. But look forward to more presentations, either from myself on a monthly basis here in our meetings, but also more communications being sent out to your emails so that you get first dibs on what's going out there and what's being notified so you can spread the word. Um, we're going to also try to go to the different commission meetings if we can just to get them involved and to spread the word with regards to the park system so it goes beyond what the stakeholder and focus group meetings um, has captured. So a lot of stake, we, again if you look at the timeline that's on the webpage, it has been revised. So this project is was supposed to be completed by June of this year, but because of the delay in the start of fall last year, it will run until December of this year. So there is time. So we are behind the scenes working out and about, but we're being more vocal now that we've got our feet wet and we're walking through. Yeah? So uh, really got to hand it to your team. You answered the call, right? <laughs> Ramped up the communications. I like the adjusted end date of December gives more time for public and for us really to see what's mm -hmm. going on. And I'd encourage, you know, if you can make it this weekend, you can drop in. So I went to the Manor one, and I thought I'd pop in and pop out. I ended up staying the whole time. It was really interesting just being a fly on the wall and listening to people weigh in, especially on the million-dollar question. If you had a million dollars, what would you do to this park? You know, some people think would spend $10 million. Others were like, I wouldn't spend a million dollars on this park. So really interesting. And, and, and I think your consultant was able to kind of ask that next, next level question of why, right? The leading questions to get more than just, I wouldn't spend the money there. Uh, I thought it was really cool. So some, some interesting feedback, and that's just on manner. So I'm looking forward to, to popping in this weekend, and I'll probably be there the whole three hours. But really, well done. Thank you. So Ellie, yes. just like James mentioned, he was a fly on the wall. Are we supposed to be flies on the wall, or do we give our opinion? Flies on the wall. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Appreciate it. That's what staff are there too. We're really having the consultants be there and be for the public to approach them, generate those ideas, get that really raw feedback. Um, my staff will be there, but we we tend to be flies on the wall. We did have other staff who who saw some comments. <laughs> we try to hold them back because we want that raw opinion and feedback without it being influenced. And, but we can encourage our community members to go to those meetings. Of course. Yes. That's what we want to be doing. Yes. Okay. Sure. 
Ellie, you, you, Ellie actually did a presentation to the Marriage HOA last month. It was, thank you. Yeah, that was great. Right. Yes. Um, there was one question about the $750,000 that was given by the developer. Oh, you were talking about the development on Manor Boulevard? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, the gentleman who asked that question actually attended the workshop on the right. 27th. Oh, did? Okay. There. Um, and I did follow up with the Katie Bowen, who is the economic development manager, right. regarding that inquiry of $750,000 parking lieu fees based on the development. Right. Um, she'll get back to me on that. So okay, I we still don't have an answer yet. No But answer. that's seven hundred. dollars I know. I'll be sending you the link to the city's budget. <laughs> <laughs> so you can look up the parking lieu fees. Yeah. And, and also, yeah. Um, the Bell Vista Improvement Association also sent a newsletter with 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 uh, the Saturday's date. Wonderful. Yeah. So. Thank you. Next item, Chair Yeah. So, uh, any other questions for Ellie? Are we good? All right. Let's go ahead and move to seven, which is public comments. We do have public. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> You're it. I've been self-employed most of my life, and let me assure you. City of San Leandro, California, and the federal government knows where I live. <laughs> I'm the one paying for a lot of this stuff. And I did spend the day with a guy by the name, I won't tell you his name, but his initials are Juan Gonzalez. Yeah. Trying to help get him, uh, get him into office, and guess what? He was successful. I didn't know he had a business background. We had a great conversation that day. There's a new game in town, and I know I'm a little prejudiced on pickleball, but this is just one example. There's nothing wrong with earning money in this country. There seems to be a lot of people who don't like us, and I don't like that. But in Alameda, there's this place called The Hub Sports Club. It just opened up, and I haven't been there yet, but I've been warned on days like today, there's eight indoor courts, all are being played, and they can have as many as eight paddles on each court waiting. They started out charging $25 for uh, uh, a one-day yeah. They raised it to $30. The city of San Leandro, going back to what you were talking about, there's got to be a way to do that in this town, indoor. There's nothing wrong with generating revenue. I keep hearing revenue. Why not generate some of our own and pay for some of this stuff? The business is there. Go for it. I'm done. <laughs> Thank you. Any other public comments? No other public comments? Let's move to number eight, correspondence. Do you have any correspondence? All right. And then uh, we'll move to nine, oral report of secretary. I'll take that over okay. um, in Erwin's absence. So apologies to the commission. Um, in your packet, aside from the agenda and minutes, uh, an attachment was supposed to be sent for you to review. Um, as Jennifer mentioned, that with the new department and uh, with now new staff here, and with recognizing from your last discussion from January about your goals as a commission and incorporating what you would like to discuss during this term, um, we have drafted a proposed calendar uh, that we will be sending out to the commission of course to review and this calendar would somewhat put a just a, t a template for each upcoming um, monthly meeting that there will be a topic discussed 
Either it's partially part of your goals that you have indicated in your January meeting, or it's certain big projects that are happening within the city or within the department. For example, Parks Master Plan, or a follow-up to Jennifer's Capital Improvement Projects, um, and Cherry Festival, of course, depending on the schedule and where it falls. So you will see um, on this calendar just some topic items that, uh, depending on the time, we would like to discuss and have include, um, included into the topic of your agenda. Of course, you have the opportunity to review this, and if you have any other topics that you would probably like for us to consider, um, we'll add that in. If there's presentations that you would like from other departments, for example, Bayfair TOD, update, a, a repeat of the Shoreline Development Project, we can have them come in. I know that recently you had um, a representative from PD also to talk about park safety. That could be another um, agenda item to be included. You'll also see just standard um, agenda items that will be discussed. Um, of course, my updates with the Parks Master Plan will be there as a standard. We'll talk about upcoming calendar events for the department, which I know that Erwin has been doing in the past, but this will be more of a structured version of it. So you anticipate what the agenda will be prior to you getting the packet. You can start thinking of topics and, of course, get your feedback into this calendar. So that's, that's an update that um, we missed for this packet that came around. Um, city Observe Holidays, just a heads up, we're coming, it's a holiday on Monday for, for the city. We're observing the 12th and the 19th, President's Day, so all city facilities will be closed. Um, there will not be any programming as well uh, in our facilities. So just a heads up on that. Uh, this January, past January, of course, we had the MLK Oratorical Festival that was held at the Marina Community Center. Very successful event. We had about 250 people come in to this free event. Um, we had uh, District Attorney Pamela Price came as a visit. We had Serlene Grant as the MC, um, And of course, we had uh, uh, different commissioners and school dis school board representatives as the judges to this oratorical contest or poetry slam. Then, of course, we had the workshop for the uh, Parks Master Plan at Washington Manor on the 27th of January. Uh, we are also working with SLEA, the San Leandro Improvement Association, contracted to do the Cherry Festival. So you'll be hearing that a lot now that it's in progress. But SLEA is coordinating the Cherry Festival in partnership with the city. So they have already started their vendor applications that have been out um, last December. Um, they recently closed it at the end of January. We have about more than 150 applicants or vendors, and that's a variety of artisans, food vendors, community resource, entertainment. So that'll be included in our reports little by little as we start to build up on the upcoming Cherry Festival on June 1st. Um, parade applications will also start hitting the ground, hopefully, if not this Friday, by next week. So that will be all promotions by the rec department uh, that we'll be working on. And then the spring activities guide was released early January, but registrations happened on January 25 uh, for residents. It was open, and then non-residents, of course, the following Thursday. Uh, we're reporting that at least 80% of the registrations that happened were all done online rather than in person. Of course, in person was mostly for the Boys and Girls Club for aquatics programs uh, early in the morning. Um, at 8.30, there was a line out at the B&G pool. And of course, at 8.30 in the morning at the Senior Center. So the seniors are registering for their classes in person there. Uh, so that's the 20% of mostly in person <laughs> rather than online. Um, so we're happy to report that. 
Yeah, and as I mentioned too, we have the Korean or the international students who are here. Um, we were taking them on the parks tour so that they, aside from working here at City Hall for their somewhat internship and walking around the different departments here, we wanted to take them outside and see San Leandro in a different light and see what we do out in the park. So that was the tour mm, <laughs> that you saw great, them yeah. doing yesterday, um, along with Michaela, who is our, as you've seen her in our YouTube videos, our city videos, she is uh, currently our face. So we're busy on promotions uh, with all of the different activities um, in the city. So that's upcoming calendar events, upcoming meetings, and program updates. Thank you. I have a question yes. about the, all the programming, what percentage are filled up? Or that's a good question. I do not have that information for you yet, but I can definitely say aquatics is the first one to fill up. Mm -hmm. It's majority the first one to fill up. Private lessons, swim lessons, um, all of the exercise aerobics um, are the ones. Usually we have our summer camps filling up at this time, but they're not featured in this spring activities. Mm -hmm. They'll be in, in the summer one, which comes out in April. Um, but yeah, it's mostly Boys and Girls Club pool because that's the only pool that's open right now. So all, most of the private lessons or swim lessons, I would say, would be full. That's good. Any other questions for Ellie? For program offering, you, you, in the future, you going to do pickleball? We could, if you submit a, a course proposal. <laughs> How does that work? You would talk to Erwin, because he, he supervises <laughs> contract classes for us. So you would turn in a course proposal if you have a, a new program in mind. But I thought that, that was the city, I mean, these are city-run program, right? I mean, this No, we have independent instructors yeah. or contracted yeah. instructors with the city. I don't, I don't want to work. I'm just a volunteer. <laughs> you can always have a program, and it's, uh, it's not necessarily fee-based, I think, and still do the same thing you want to do. Technically, you're just not working, but you're working for free. Yeah, you could always have it go towards the, you know, the... Of course, I am doing it. So you can go right into a program on a Saturday, right? We've been doing it for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the money should go to the windscreen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we, we are terrible. All right. Uh, anything else for Ellie? We'll go ahead and move to number 10, report of the chair. I'd say the only comments that I'd like to see is I would like to see us have a meeting or a representative from it's human services, is that correct? Yes. Come and talk about that and how the relationship of what they're providing specifically for the unhoused and how that affects our parks and our park users mm -hmm. and what's going on in that regard. Okay. And then if we could look at, uh, since you did mention the Bayfair uh, TOD, mm -hmm. that'd be great to update, update mm -hmm. on that. Fantastic. And then are we currently, um, is the department sending anyone to CPRS, California Parks and Rec's annual conference at Palm Springs? Uh, three of us are going from who I know. Um, our interim director, Karen McNamara, will be going. I will be going. And our youth supervisor, Liz Hodgins, will be going. Okay. Great. And uh, I think that's that's all I have. I mean, the biggest things is I would love to see more MOD updated MOD, uh, MOUs, why am I saying MOD? MOUs um, with the school districts and if there is existing MOUs with Hayward area, 
So specifically the unincorporated. So if there's like, hey, do we have an MOU to have access to provide residents programming or anything at the linear park, let's say. You know, again, we we have we don't have enough parks. So instead of us building them, can we borrow some parks that are close by and start to use them for services? What is the MOU? It's a memorandum of understanding. So an MOU could be as simple as that this city and this city want to share uh, equipment, like let's say oh. basketballs. If the basketballs get stolen, then the MOU determines who's going to pay for those. Okay. If the basketball injures one of the employees, the MOU determines who's going to, who's covering the insurance on that. Okay. Or if the M or the basketball destroys a car for some reason, who's going to pay for that? And that way, it keeps it a lot cleaner as to posing like, oh, we lent him the basketballs. This is what happened. Now we have to figure out who's going through. Okay. The other part, that's a simple one. The other ones could be like, we get access to this property of land. We're going to provide these programs. We're going to charge this fee. We're going to collect the money. And we're, you are going to provide staff or someone else is going to provide the staff. And you can do an MOU like that okay. as well. Okay. Some of them need to be board approved. And some of them can be very simple, depending on what it is. You just have it in writing. Okay. So is that accurate, Elliot? And just to add to that, um, part of the Recreation Parks Master Plan, WRT, is also um, they are aware of the joint use facilities that we have with both school districts, San Lorenzo and San Leandro. They are doing site-by-site -site assessments to the existing facilities that the school district has. So they're doing visits with the facilities directors for each school district. So they're looking at what the schools has available, how is it used, um, they're also reviewing uh, joint use agreements mm -hmm. and noting that as well. So it is also part of the study mm -hmm. and part of the plan. Yeah, well, like C Commissioner Moore, you could also set up an MOU with churches. Churches have open spaces. Do we have access to the church space? You could do something like that as well. Again, if we're looking for space, let's find where the space is because it's going to be harder to build a park than let's maximize what we our usage. So. That, that's my biggest thing because, again, I've seen, trust me, in my job, I've seen how long it takes to build a park, and it's a pain in the ass. Pardon my French. It just takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time and energy, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the park that's built is really providing to the other community members because it could be so far away. So, yeah. We built Semper Verde. <laughs> I was there. That's all I have. Uh, we'll go ahead and move into number 11, commission comments. So, I have no comments. I have no comments. No comments. Nice first meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to more. Me too. <laughs> James? That was a good discussion today, and I'd be interested too as, as we harvest all of these existing agreements between all the schools. <laughs> San Lorenzo, San Leandro, any of the nonprofits, if those could start getting you know, shared, like, even if it's just a shared drive, not necessarily the public, but just seeing what's out there, I think would be. Joe? Nothing else. Motion for adjournment. <laughs> Do we have a motion? Do we have a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed?
None. <laughs> this meeting is officially adjourned.